What up, bitches? What up, ding-dongs? Um, as I say in every episode, with a particular shout-out to all the... I'm going to get it right this time. Corey Heads and Kittens out there. He doesn't even know the name of his own band base. Listen, <laughs> they are so plentiful uh, and abundant. It's true. You did get some. You did get some love letter fan mail, which that cool. We'll read. I didn't. For some reason, I didn't really think about that this week. But <laughs> well, oh, in a future we'll, episode, we'll get to it at some point. You know, Brad, what I could really use today? Can what we? You want? I think we've done this before, but could we start off the session with some power chords? Just some like like do some fucking ACDC or of course yeah all right Let's get us going let's do it um that's that's how I would like to start everything every day every meal <laughs> just every that, relationship is that is that not your your alarm on your phone you it should a, be yeah. you know when I was living with my good friends Alex and Becca mm-hmm. Alex who listens Becca who's a traitor bitch that doesn't listen um. Becca Green used to put on for our wake up alarm. Like she had one of those you could set a CD to it or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. And it was Wake up, it's time to die. <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah, good choice. And I once set my alarm to If I could turn back time. Yeah. Which is also, I think, a good programming decision. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about movies. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. This is the Side Talks podcast. I'm Corey Kraft. I'm Rachel Morgan. And it's movie time, y'all. Wake up, it's time to die. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Five-minute fight. Well, yeah. here's the thing we don't have. Go ahead and start the timer because, Brad, we don't really have a fight topic today. Uh, Corey was supposed to watch um, The Way We Were, which I think he's going to really like. I do. And I really don't like It's a canonic film, and I don't like it. So we're, we're, we're wait, we have to wait on it. But you're going to watch it eventually. You said you have it, and you're, look, you're actually excited to see it, correct? They look like they are so cozy. Yeah, in all those they definitely. He's wearing a sweater, kind of like mine yeah, right now. Actually, I wore this on yeah. purpose today, but it's okay. So instead, and and we know the timer's going, but we don't need to you know take too much time with us. We are going to throw out our. We're doing a, a David Lynch series right now. That's right. At the Sidewalk Cinema, you can come see a lot of the films of David Lynch on the big screen and, as part and of Twin a, Peaks and some Twin Peaks. Uh, it's part of a new filmmaker focus series, and we're really excited. Uh, to show some of these really wonderful, crazy uh, movies on the big screen. I haven't seen, I don't think any of these on the big screen, and I'm going to try to make it. Well, we did uh, see to... Mulholland Drive, but it was on a projector screen. You know what I mean? Like, we threw it on a fairly big screen, but it was at, at the, it was during our book and film series. That's right. I but it, I didn't yeah. count. It was definitely, it was count. a that little was... bit of a hokey setup. Yeah, no offense to Sam. We did, he did what he could do. Um, anyway, so this is, yeah, this is going to, well, and you know what? I do remember, though, that it looked kind of, it looked pretty great there. Yeah. It looked pretty great there. And so how great is it going to look, DCP? I, I bet it's going to sound amazing, I too. bet. I bet it will. So, so anyway, yeah. so let's throw these, let's throw our titles out, okay? okay. And I'm going to tell you what my favorite is, and then you tell me what your favorite is. We definitely disagree, and then let's kind of, let's kind of uh, try to support our decision and see where we land. Let's just acknowledge, though, both of us big fans of the director, David yeah, Lynch. Uh, all of his movies, basically <laughs> five out of five, ten, ten out of ten. Right, like, we're not full. arguing about this. Like, they're, they're, they're all great. It really just is a matter of preference. 
reference. Absolutely. I think I know what your answer is. You want to guess it? I think it's Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Okay, that is uh, that is up there. But I'm going to tell you that actually my pick is Wild at Heart. Oh, and, whoa. And it is my okay. favorite David Lynch film. I think it's his best film. And I'm going to tell you part of why. Because you have a snakeskin jacket that Abs- symbolizes your whatever he says. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it feels to me, and I'm, I know this is going to rile some people. It's going to rattle uh-huh. some cages. When some I Nicholas Cage, <laughs> some Nicholas Cage. When I saw this in the theater, yes, you can be jealous of that, but not of my age because it does make me old. When I saw this in the theater on its opening weekend, I it was it was it felt like a movement was happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there were things changing. It was it felt like there was it was really really exciting, especially to be. I wasn't quite in film school yet, but I was headed that direction, and so it was really 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 exciting. And I just felt like this is the first time that I really went like, oh, I I really kind of got David Lynch, if that yeah, makes sense. And in a lot of ways, I feel like, again, this is the thing I'm going to say that I think a lot of people are going to find controversial, which is this to me is when he really came into his own. Uh, I find I that know. controversial. I know. Um, I know. But think about what came before, right? Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. That's sure. kind of that's sure. kind of the point for me. Sure, where it's, he it's a great film, but in. also that, but also that it's a it's a very different film. I, yeah. I really think I I think that. I think Wild at Heart actually makes some of the humor in Blue Velvet make more sense if that if that clicks mm, right. Yeah. But what comes before it is like the Elephant Man and Dune, right, and Eraserhead, and it, it to me Wild at Heart was where it I started to kind of go, oh, it's all coming into focus now. I mean, not that it makes sense because. I'm never going to accuse David Lynch of making sense. Right, right, right. But like the body of work begins to make sense and I begin to enjoy it as an auteur as opposed to just like, oh, he's made these interesting films. So that's my argument. What's yours? I, I would say that the point where – I, I can accept that argument as the point where he sort of comes into his own and his style takes focus. Yeah. I would probably disagree. I I'd still think that's probably Blue Velvet okay. for me. Um, the part though where it is at its most – quote unquote perfect, which is a weird word to use for this, sure. is for me it's Mulholland Drive, yeah. which I think is my personal favorite of his films and I think his his best, if you can even use that as a word. And it's weird to call Mulholland Drive perfect because it's very structurally, deliberately imperfect with so many sort of wandering asides and narrative cul-de-sacs that don't go anywhere or add up to anything or contribute really to any sort of plot development, right? But it all adds, I think, to the cumulative effect of that movie, which I think is as powerful um kind of walloping as anything he's ever done. I would also say with respect to everybody else who has all ever worked with him and been on his unique wavelength and you have yeah. to be a certain type of performer to get there that that Naomi Watts's performance is the best performance in any Ooh. David Lynch movie and po- and Whoa. I would go so far as to say one of the best performances in film history. Okay. Well, let me let me just, you know, one of those like recommendation to go watch something. Yeah. I recently saw a rehashed interview with Cheryl and Finn uh-huh. about working with David Lynch and Great it's, time. it's totally it's a, chill. It is ador- but it's an adorable interview yeah. and she, and she's trying to play to the like the mass media. It's yeah. really, really cute, worth uh, worth going and searching for. And then the only other thing I'll say is uh, I just would like to add that I do think that Wild at Heart and kind of like what you were saying about uh-huh. Firewalk with me, which is up there, that would be my number two. That's my number two as well. Yeah, <laughs> They're the most fun. That's I Ooh, think that's what gets uh, me. They're the most fun. Huh, okay. So I'd have to go. think about that. There you go. 
that's that's a that's a compelling argument. You don't you don't find uh, the the sort of like buffalo uh, sexual degradation <laughs> in Blue Velvet and Lost Highway and so many others uh, fun or um, Wild at Heart for that matter. Yeah, or I wild, mean, quite frankly, fucking Willem Dafoe in that movie just being the biggest I mean, creep of all time. It has the, to me, it has the sharpest turn. Right. And I think yeah. I've said this before, but like the movies are like a road movie and a lot of fun. It's wacky. And like you're, you, it is terrifying in yeah. some ways, but it gets, it just goes off the rails dark when, when Willem Dafoe goes yeah. to Laura Dern, yeah. to, goes to her hotel, hotel room. That's and it's a just terrifying like, scene. It becomes like it, I've, I've, it's hard to find a film that has a sharper turn in it in, in regards to tone and just like, fingers on a chalkboard kind of thing yeah anyway um we've talked too long sam let us know what you think it's not really a win or lose but we'd love to hear your way on this motherfucker is going to come in here and be like it's the straight story y'all are both wrong which legit i mean i love the straight story can you imagine if i just came in here and started trashing david lynch as a director oh shit i'm just kidding i mean can you imagine though i can't because he's an incredible director (laughs) um i mean yeah, I mean, there's an entire there's a reason why we're showing his entire retrospective, not entire, but you know what I mean. At Close, a, cinema. a lot of um, it. the heavy hitters, that's for sure. And yeah, I mean, we went over all the heavy hitters, and we're not even mentioning all of his TV commercials that he's done. The one for PlayStation is insane. <laughs> um, all of his short films that he does, there's a collection of them, kind of curated, and they're all just incredible, very disturbing, very Lynchian works of art. Um, a video where he cooks quinoa, and oh, he, hell yeah. he manages to make it look like nothing you've ever seen before. Uh, the French TV interview where he's mining in a cave somewhere <laughs> with like loud industrial music blaring in the background, uh, yelling after Pascal. Uh, he's like covered in dirt. It's just bizarre. And yeah, he's David Lynch. Um, my personal favorites are probably Mulholland Drive and Eraserhead. And I want to say Inland, right. Inland Empire just for like what it goes for. It's length, it's weird format, everything about it. But yeah. it was tough to sit there, I'll say. Uh, plus the rabbits are amazing and surreal. Um, and plus I had the experience of watching Twin Peaks season one, two, and three in that order. And then finally watching Fire, uh, Fire Walk with me. Yeah. And that was like the final jigsaw piece that put yeah. the entire kind of snake eating itself loop in place. And it was just like this profound experience to uh, watch and finally fit together. Um, and yeah, and his weather reports during the pandemic. <laughs> um, they're just beautiful, comforting, oddly. Um, so yeah, I like this one where everyone wins. There are no losers. David well, Lynch wins every day. David Lynch always wins, but I think Corey. We'll have to give it to Corey because you did say Mulholland Drive. So uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll take there you the go. win. You could take a win. Uh, though I think that my real answer, if somebody says what's the best thing he's ever directed, might be Part Eight of Twin Peaks. The yeah, yes. yeah, you've said that before. Um, I was hoping you'd go with the Elephant Man because while I love the Elephant Man, my issue with it is it's like watching somebody kick a puppy. And I think that's well, a really good argument against it. So. He was in a uh, Sundance film this year. Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I yeah, saw that. I really want to see it. Oh, you're, uh, um, uh, uh, the actor with the facial Adam, Adam Pearson. Yes. From Under the Skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Under the Skin. Oh, man. Yeah. Speaking and, of Jonathan um, Glazer, Zone of Interest coming up. Sidewalk uh, alum. Um Chained for Life. We showed that. Oh, that's right. And uh, oh, the director of that He's is the director shot. of this new Sundance well, movie. The Six Degrees game. of David Lynch here. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> Coming full circle. But yeah, everyone wins. Come see David Lynch's films at the cinema. Please. Reflections. 
All right. Oscars prediction edition. So we did not record last week when Oscar nominations were announced. We've had some time to. You were in the swamp. The Lord, I don't even want to get into that particular swamp. The swamp. My goodness. The poli- the DC swamp. Oh, somebody needs to drain that thing. Have we ever thought about that? I, I swear, I think a politician who ran on a drain the swamp drain platform it. might drain do it. pretty well. Uh, no, yeah, I was up to my, my neck in, in work stuff, but Oscar nominations came out. We've had about a week to, to set with them. Um, everybody lost their minds over a couple Barbie snubs, uh, and then I think there was a backlash to that backlash. Yeah, and, I think um, that's probably a fair You button. know, we've, we've gone through several cycles of social media outrage is what I'm saying. It's a good time for the predictions. Things have calmed down. By the time this plays, by the time this airs, releases, if you will, you know, it'll it'll be even calmer i think so what are you what let's do it let's okay. do it let's go on let's go on the record i have my ideas you've got yours what do you think let's start from the top okay what do you think is getting best picture Corey? what um, do you think i think that we are in for a good old-fashioned six to eight oscar winning sweep of a lot Shit. of major awards a la you know a um an English patient or something like that. Okay. Uh, and I think that um, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer is going to win Best Picture as it is going to win, like, again, like hmm. five to seven additional Oscars. Okay. Well, I, I'm not going to say that I think that you're wrong, but... I, I'm not. But, but that's okay. So it's a good thing that you're I not going to say think, it. I think, and this isn't just because of my own feelings. This uh-huh. is, I've really kind of thought, I thought through this. I think that... It's going to be Killers of the Flower Moon. No, absolutely not. Why do you think it's not going to be? I think it's be- out of the running. I think that of the movies that stand a chance against Oppenheimer, they, they're movies that have to have kind of fervent love. And at this point, Killers of the Flower Moon is admired. It's respected. It is likely going to win an Oscar in a category that's going to be seen as sort of like the way to reward that movie. And it is kind of, we'll get to that in a minute. I think the category that movie should be rewarded in if it's only going to be in one. Honestly, I see a lot more sort of fervency and deep admiration for um, the holdovers and anatomy of a fall. Like, uh, I that, think those it, I would be, are kind of I would up be there. surprised. Sam, you can make some notes here for us if you would. I would be surprised. Well, I would be genuinely surprised if, if anything but Oppenheimer wins. Really? Yes. I'm, I think it's kind right. of in the bag. I so think you're I, going Oppenheimer. I'm going of. Killers of the Flower Moon. I think that you are – I think what you're not looking at uh-huh. is some of the political – Decision making that yeah. goes into this. No, That's no what way. I think. Okay, so let's move on. Okay. Because there's no reason. We're not really fi- I mean, look, I like Oppenheimer fine. I don't think it should get best picture. It's on the top of your list. Yeah. Charlie Sanders wants to beat your ass over it. I'm not that angry. I don't really need that film, though. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon is a better film, but it's also a political choice, I think. We'll see. You know what? We'll see. I'd be surprised uh-huh. if anything else other than those two won. What are the odds, in your opinion, that they give it to Barbie? Higher than it would have been pre-nominations. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, a, right. You know, because they, they like that movie. They didn't, you know, meet Somebody the standards. Somebody didn't like it. Yeah, Somebody uh, on social clearly media. didn't. Um, you know, like, I think that movie has an opportunity elsewhere to be recognized in another category that will be seen as the way okay. to re- reward that movie as well. 
Okay, so let me just we're not going down the there's no we can we can look at some of the other categories later, uh-huh. right? But let's just talk now about another big in who's winning best director? Christopher Nolan. Martin Scorsese. No. Yes. No. Uh, he's he, 81 years old. He needs a they second one. They want to give. Yes. No. They want. The, he, when, not this when year. is the next chance? Oh, not wait till he's 104. I mean, I don't necessarily are, disagree with you, you but about? Christopher Nolan is is not going to lose this. It, All right. You know, it, it was the movie of the year for so many reasons. A big budget, tactile, very serious. You know movie about a very serious subject that was also one of the biggest sort of hits for adult moviegoers in years and years. It's n- there's no way it loses best picture or best director. Okay. Who, I'm bored. I mean, it literally, let me tell you something. If this, if this particular ceremony uh-huh. is really and truly just fucking Oppenheimer walking across the stage, like it just, I'm just bored already. Okay. So you have a couple weeks to prepare yourself for great. that uh, for for pure boredom. So who's getting best actress? Uh, best actress. This is where Killers of the Flower Moon is going to Lily win. Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. Is okay. Going to win. Do you hear this? We finally agree. Lily Lily Glad. I would. Well, this not- isn't preference. This is prediction. I'm yeah, but we're still agreeing or disagreeing. Sure. Okay. And I I think Lily Gladstone should get it, but I will say of all the categories, I got to tell you, uh-huh. this is the most compelling. There I. Yeah, these so are these are some everyone, really great performances. Actually, I think everyone everyone who is nominated in this category, I would be happy about. Sure, this is a, this is an incredible slate. Sandra Huller and uh, Emma amazing. Stone are both amazing in their movies. And let's remember that Sandra Huller's just tossing around all kinds of different languages. You know, yeah, and, and really, I don't know. It's a it's a it's an amazing performance, and I got—I certainly got no truck with um, with Carrie Mulligan and Annette Bening. It's, Annette Bening is really great in in Nyad, well, even if that's know, not a. Annette Bening would be a weird choice, I, sure. I have to say, but she is. Let's never forget Hollywood loves itself, and that's Hollywood royalty right there. So if she did one, I wouldn't be surprised for that for that reason. It's I, it feels like Lily Gladstone's year. Yeah, I mean, Anna- I don't think they should give an award to two lesbians yelling at each other. <laughs> you know, it's got to. We got to do. You know, you how can many, see that any day. How many? House. How many times has Annette Benning <laughs> been nominated for an Oscar for playing a lesbian yelling at another lesbian twice okay, I, by my fair. count? Tush, but but tush. yeah, but but that's not nothing. I mean, she's cornered a market in some oh, ways man. in cinema anyway. Annette Benning, and you know, I would be a lesbian yelling at somebody if I was married to Warren Beatty too. But it, do, who's winning Best Actor? This is close. Um, it's it's too close to be as sure as I am with the other categories. It is sort of between Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer and Paul Giamatti in The yeah, Holdovers. Right. Uh, I think that Giamatti has the edge because, you know, he's beloved, um, a longtime working actor who very rarely gets these sort of lead roles. So excellent in Sideways, for which he was not even nominated for an Oscar. Sure, this would be more of an indie tip to the tip of the hat, too, wouldn't and it? I mean, people people love the holdovers. Yeah. it's a really sweet movie. He's a very well respected figure. Um, you know, the Murphy thing. Murphy could ride Oppenheimer an Oppenheimer wave. He's also beloved. Um, he's worked for you know. 20 something years at this point, just kind of in supporting roles, never really had a lead role, certainly to the scope of Oppenheimer. He's the lead of like 28 days later, I guess, but that was shot on like a 
wristwatch. <laughs> you know, it's it was actually it's like, shot on the Canon XL2, which is the which is the camera I was instructing on at that oh very Lord, time. That's is, funny. Now, granted, it was shot on like 100 Canon XL2s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they had about a hundred of those things. But you're exactly right. I mean, good for it though. Yeah, you know, I think I can a, identify one of the pixels on right. the screen as as Killian Murphy. Right. Um. So look, it's it's hard to say. Um. I I think the you know the other guys in the category uh jeffrey wright and coleman domingo um and who's the fifth brian gosling right or is he no, supporting that's supporting okay oh jesus who is the fifth anyway whoever that person is i'm sure he's happy <laughs> wow. to be there wow. um and uh having a great time being nominated but it really i think is going to be paul giamatti I just don't even know. I mean, I'm not, I just think, I, I, I guess I'll, you know, if we're in Vegas and we're betting, which would be actually a fun trip, yeah. um, I just think I would just, you know, put my chips on top of yours in this case because you're probably right. So, yeah, there you go. Close. I'm not certain, but close. Well, who the hell, get your phone out. Who the hell is the other one? Okay. I mean, I feel yeah, like we can't I guess just, I should look can't that just up. leave it to the wayside. Maybe that's who I want to vote for anyway. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Oh, so, yeah, there you go, Rachel. There you go. There, oh, how did you forget your boyfriend? Never mind. I do think I, that's who it's going to win. I do disagree with you. They love Bradley Cooper. They, they love, they, they no, love they licking don't. his asshole. They absolutely do. He is. He's like in their pockets right now. It's Bradley Cooper. I come calling it. I'm calling it. They All love right. him. They love him. Love I, him. I personally would not put my chips on a Bradley Cooper win. I would go Paul I Giamatti. I move my chips off of your chips, and I put them onto Bradley Dickhead Cooper. That's a really compelling thing to do if you want to lose some fucking money. That's <laughs> what see. I'm saying. Sam, did you mark all this down? Because we're going to – yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay. I don't know you that know you want this recorded, Rachel. Like, oh my god, that, that's how wrong oh I think god. you oh are. God. Everybody's hoping that you're wrong because nobody wants to see the same ass people come up on that stage a hundred times, okay. and they're the dull, they're the dullest people too. I mean, this is like Paul Giamatti is a delight. no. I'm not come just on. talking about Paul Giamatti. I'm talking about some of your other boys in this whole thing. Sure, they don't have anything interesting to say. They just don't. Okay, so why don't we do this? Let's look at the other categories in a sure. future episode. We got the big four here, and we'll um, we'll drill into some things further down. I, I think they're the pretty predictable. Um, actually, the screenplay c- categories are a real crazy toss up. They are real. They're also yeah. just a real crazy couple. Of yeah. real, well, we'll talk about um, those later. We'll talk. We'll about talk about those in another segment. next time or four times from now, something like that. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Super Bowl and Taylor Swift. Listen, we all know <laughs> that this thing is a psyop by the Democrats to install, right, a fake president back in the Oval Office. And who's responsible for this? Who is behind this? The CIA and their operative Taylor Swift. Mama Tay, bring it home. And you know what? You know what I just did there? As ridiculous as that was, that's more or less exactly what one of our most mainstream cable news networks is telling its viewers. Yeah. I, 2024, I mean, folks. I was mostly just talking about how everybody's mad because... I guess Taylor Swift's going to be on camera the Super oh. Bowl. <laughs> it, was just, it was just like the pop culture side of that instead of <laughs> was, the fact yeah. that there is a segment just, of the voting population just talking that about, you know, believes the fact that, that nonsense. People are upset because she's going to maybe be on camera at the Super Bowl. 
Oh, well, I'm upset because she is obviously engineering the uh, outcome of our presidential election. Well, who are you going to be? Are you going to be Taylor Swift or are you going to be the entire Super Bowl? I'm going to be a God-fearing American patriot and I'm boycotting them both. Wow. All right. Make America great again, folks. All right. I got you. Well, then I'll be Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Sound, sound good? That's You're going to have such a good time. Your boyfriend's going to get a <laughs> Super Bowl wi- ring. Gross. Does, any, does anybody else agree that he looks like a beef chunk? What happened? You know what I'm talking about? Like that, like the Denny Moore soup, the, the cover of that can with the chunks of beef. That's what that dude looks like. Wow. Bye. Thanks to Beltwell Studios. Yeah, thanks, Brad. You're I'm, welcome. I'm stunned into silence. Uh, but but you... Because it's real. Because you saw it. You were like, yes, that is actually accurate. I mean, he looks like he belongs on a paper towel package. Yeah. But like, I don't hold that against dudes. I didn't hold him against... I mean, I didn't say... I'm not mad at it. I'm just I'm not like, walking around comparing men to stew. Yeah. Well, I am all the time. So anyway, sidewalkfest.com. That's where you can buy tickets to see some films at the cinema, including our filmmaker focus series on David Lynch and uh, sidewalk uh, at sidewalk film on social media, where you can see breaking news, all the stuff that we're doing. Come see a movie with us. Hope to see you there. Bye. Bye. Batwell studios, podcast division, your words, our expertise.